you're spilling the good news. Grab your tea with Z. This is Z, your host speaking. And today is a day of firsts in the news. Where, as usual, we're going to be talking about some good news stories. I'm going to try to keep it a little casual, a little calm, and a little bit hopeful. And the first article we're starting with has quite a long title, and it says... The first U.S. commercial plant has started to pull carbon from the air. It's able to suck out 1,000 tons annually and plans to expand. And the article goes on to explain exactly how the whole process works. It, um, basically the way it works is they use limestone to suck carbon out of the air, kind of like a sponge, and it ain't carbon dioxide that is removed and left over as a byproduct is then, I think, embedded in concrete or injected directly into the ground where it stays permanently, according to the article. Of course, you know, as with all things in life, there's no guarantee, in my opinion, that it's going to be totally permanent. Either way, this is sort of a... Um, it's a it's a step in the right direction. It's not uh, totally going to fix all our climate problems, obviously, as we've continually discussed uh, what the climate future looks like and all of the little things that we can hope for the future. But this is it's a step in the right direction, at least. It's not the end-all, be-all of solutions, and... With this type of technology, as with any other technology, we're starting at the ground level, and then this is sort of a test of viability, right? Is it cost-effective? Is it um, scalable? Is this something that we can use to continue removing carbon from things like industrial plants. Is this something that we'll build in our industrial parks in the future? It's really um, due to the infancy of this type of technology, it's really uncertain, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction, and that's always good news. It does remove carbon from the air. It doesn't remove a ton of carbon from the air, but or, um, carbon dioxide specifically, it does not, so it is, um, a, it's not necessarily a foot in the door, but it's definitely knocking, right? We're trying to figure out if this is going to be something that will expand into the future. I really love to see the creativity that comes out of thinking about climate change in the future, and the ways that we can be better um, as far as our initiatives go to making progress. I think that's really awesome. It's really great to see these smaller initiatives, you know, um, a thousand uh, a thousand tons of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere it says per year is, it's not a lot, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but it's also not nothing, and I think that that counts, you know, it counts for something. It's, it's it's better than what we've been doing. It's a step towards progress. And, you know, you'll see a lot of people who will say, 
uh, you get the naysayers who will say, well, it's not good enough. But the fact is, is that, um, that's, that's a little silly. Let's be honest, because everybody starts somewhere, right? It's, it's, it's a bit like when you're, um, working on creative projects when you're learning how to do something it would be like saying well I just can't draw because I didn't start off being an expert right so yeah it's not a perfect solution but this is really great news for the future there's a lot of initiative for um, greener technology for helping our environment for fixing the climate and we're seeing a lot of innovation, a lot of creativity, and it opens up a, a large window of possibilities, you know, and from this carbon absorbing technology, who knows what it will look like and how it will change and evolve into the future. And I think that that's one of the best parts about this sort of thing is that, yeah, it's not the solution. But it does create more possibility. This is the ground level and we build our way up from here. So to me, this is still exciting news. It's still something to be hopeful for and it's something to look into for the future and it's something to take as it is and build from scratch, basically. You know, we're, we're building up and I think that, that there's a lot of possibility for what to do with this sort of thing in the future. And I hope to continue to bring you new stories of positivity for the climate change, because I think that that is a source of worry for a lot of people, but I really do feel hopeful about it myself. I feel like every other week I'm reading more really great news stories about what kind of progress we're making in repairing our climate. So, I hope that it helps you feel hopeful too. I hope that by listening to me talk, by hearing the things that I bring forward, I hope that it helps you realize that there is good things to look forward to in the future. There is progress being made. It's not as bleak as it seems. Um continuing the trend of firsts. Our next news story is, is titled, um, First Ever Images Prove Lost Echidna Not Extinct. That, uh, is actually one of the vaguest news titles we've seen yet, except it does, you know, basically there was a, um, there, it's a mammal, uh, and it was named after Sir David Attenborough, and it's a, it's an echidna. It looks pretty crazy looking. Um, they're kind of spiky, they're kind of furry, they have a very long beak. They've been referred to as living fossils. Um, they look a little bit like long-nosed porcupines. And apparently they're um, only one of two species that are known mammals who lay eggs. And this one is about, um, it was uh, an expedition to Indonesia led by Oxford University. 
and they recorded actual video of this long-beaked echidna and previously we thought it was extinct. The only known evidence that the species actually existed was um, in a museum. There was no, we hadn't seen any living species, which is really cool that we discovered this. Well, that they discovered this, I didn't have anything to do with it. Um, and it's, uh, and the, this expedition returned very, very hopeful things, actually. It was not just finding Attenborough's echidna, but also they discovered new species of insects and frogs and a healthy population of tree kangaroo and birds of paradise. One of the things they even mentioned was that they found one of, they found a new species of tree dwelling shrimp, which I never knew was a thing. I guess there's a such thing as um terrestrial shrimp, which that's that's totally new for me. This article's really great. I'm gonna link it in the description, but it has all kinds of information about how they spent a lot of this expedition discovering new species. It was actually a very, very promising, very hopeful expedition to Indonesia where they discovered all these animals and they discovered healthy populations of animals that we already are familiar with. Um, I recommend reading this article. I'm not going to read it to you, but um, this was a really, really, if you want to talk about giving hope to people. I think the discovery of new species and even more so the discovery of species that we considered lost is something that is a very hopeful, good feeling. And a lot of this occurred, a lot of these new things were found because this was a previously, um, not a lot of people traverse this particular location. They're considered sacred, but also it's extremely treacherous where there is earthquakes in the area. There's a lot of rain. There are sheer cliffs and there's also, you know, it's not just the, the cute and fluffy species that live there. We're also talking about snakes and leeches and so, um, the expedition was very, very rough, but in return, what they got was a lot of really hopeful news about biodiversity, about um, the health of the environment, and overall, they're doing really well. Things are looking really hopeful for new species, for current species in Indonesia. Now, similarly, continuing the trend of firsts, like I mentioned at the beginning, this next article says, um, first advanced Parkinson's patient to walk again with new spinal implant. And as we know, the older we get, we tend to, um, struggle with things, uh, such as dementia, such as Parkinson's, you know, these things that um, reduce our ability to function normally. In the case of 
a 63-year-old man named Mark from France. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's 20 years ago, so he was 43 when he was diagnosed. And it had advanced to the point where he was unable to walk without having somebody with him the whole time. Because sometimes he would just um, freeze mid-step, I guess. And there, are other, there were other difficulties. He said he had fallen several times a day. And, you know, 63 is is still, uh, you know, he has a lot of time left to to live, and, and that's just really an unfun experience, living that way without the ability to function as normally as possible with, with limited mobility. Um, and we're also seeing this technology being used to hopefully help people who are paralyzed, and, um, that has to do with spinal cord injuries, so it's the same technology, and so he no, he was saying that now that he's had this spinal implant that he can walk normally, he just walks because he can, he has no problems with stairs, and apparently walks three, three miles every Sunday to go to the lake. Oh, after he gets at the lake, I guess. Anyway, um, one of my favorite things to look into is the advances we make in medical technology. I feel like even though really big news happens pretty frequently in medical technology, bioengineering, that sort of thing. Oh, sorry, biomedical engineering. Um, one of the things that I think we're really striving for is to not just enhance quality of life for people who are currently struggling with conditions, but also as we get older to continue to increase our quality of life. Because as we know, that tends to decline once you reach a certain age. And so we're really making a lot of progress in things like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and dementia. And I feel really hopeful about it because I'm always reading good news stories about the different types of technologies that we're creating. And, and you know, sometimes it can feel a little difficult because with medical technology, um, you know, we're talking about dealing with human bodies and, and human mortality, potentially, right? So we need to be careful when it comes to medical trials, and there's a lot of research and a lot of different experiments that go before it even reaches the first person, and then from the first person, it, it continues from there. We expand it to trials, from trials, you know, so there's there's so much that goes into medical research that it can seem like it's very bleak that the future of medical technology is bleak, but it's really hopeful. It just is slower than we're used to when it comes to, um, you know, your phone brand comes out with a new phone every year, right? Electronics are developing at an alarmingly fast rate where, you know, medical technology, it doesn't seem like it is, 
but we're really, really making a lot of hopeful progress for the future as far as how we treat um, conditions of aging, how we treat medical conditions. You know, we're seeing um, technologies that are helping blind people see. We're seeing technologies that are helping people who struggle to walk regain their mobility. We're seeing a lot of advancements in medical technology. It's just... A little slower than we're used to. We get so used to the speed that electronics and cars and you know that smart technology advances that we sometimes believe that that medical technology will advance at the same rate. But for its field, medical technology is is expanding rapidly so fast there's constantly new things out there there's constantly new trials being started but it it just so don't get caught up in the feeling that it's taking so long that you're never gonna see any advancement because I really do believe that book enlightenment now I do believe that we are experiencing a period of technological enlightenment and that includes in the medical industry or the medical field, right? Um, I think there is a lot of really great things for the future. So that's, I think, that's my point. What I'm saying here is that don't get caught up in how long it takes, feeling like it's going to take an eternity until your condition gets um, some tr- some new awesome treatment because we are making advancements and and there is hope for the future and we will get there things are moving forward very quickly for the field that it is and for the amount of work and time and energy that goes into those sorts of things um so i feel really hopeful about it and i hope that you do too because there really is a lot of great things to look forward to in the future of medicine I think that's all I have for today. I just really hope that um, you can carry some of this with you throughout your day, throughout your life. Look for the good news stories. Find things that are something you feel hopeful for because there is hope out there. Things are not as bleak as they seem. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Good News Tea.